Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, you're listening to the DPC podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things dead parents, the good, the bad, and the banter, hosted by Sam and Kat. Um, today we have somebody that I have been, well, he's also been trying to get onto the podcast for ages. Um, unfortunately, being a father makes our scheduling times very difficult, doesn't it, Tom? <laughs> Certainly does, yeah. Um, so Tom is currently in America on the East Coast. So at the moment, we've got one person recording on Australia, one person in America, and myself in the uk so yeah we are covering the globe also just a quick side note catherine is poorly so hence the quieter than usual not so enthusiastic catherine hooker <laughs> all i can do is apologize will... <laughs> guarantee the more we talk about death the more she'll put per- she'll perk mm-hmm. up and she'll be a different person by the end <laughs> it's literally so awful how true that is it happens every time (laughs) literally after every podcast we're both just buzzing because we're like oh yeah we love talking about death (laughs) so weird um okay then tom so if you want to give a brief introduction to yourself um and then i don't know just tell us your story yeah, okay. like, tell, us, tell us who you are and what your connection is to like Kat and how we know you and stuff. Okay, so I am Tom Green. I um, I was made aware of this club back in, I don't know when it was, just before the new year um, through friend, uh, through Sam, through Sam Jones and his sister Emma. You know, who we've had both. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, so I think it was, I, in fact, I was actually, it's very going to be a very US theme. I was in, uh, I was in the same place here and December, wow. no, November last year and I saw Emma had um, posted on Instagram, I think, her, her story and then I saw Sam had done it as well and I spoke to Sam when I got back and, and yeah, he introduced me to the club, which I've been a member for, for, I can't, it's 1am, my maths aren't going to work at this time <laughs> in the morning. I'm, thir- I'm 38 and when I was 12, I lost my dad. Um, so yeah, 20, that's right, 26 years ago. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. so. And it's so surreal because it feels, it feels like such a, I don't know, such a lifetime away. It doesn't quite seem real anymore. And I, I kind of, I toyed with this for so long about coming on here because, in some ways, you know, I think um, for a lot of people that I've, I've listened to, it's been very fresh. And for me, it's like twenty six years on, and I felt a bit of a, a fraud um, about coming on. Um, 
so yeah it's it, very surreal and I'm actually really nervous about doing this and I don't normally get nervous <laughs> but it's like I want to do it justice and and uh, again maybe a theme for the evening it's about you know what other people can get out of this and it's not for my benefit if that makes sense no yeah don't um two things one definitely don't feel like a fraud because it's super useful for us to have like people that happened to a longer amount of time ago on the podcast to talk about you know all the all the kind of positives that they've experienced as they've kind of gotten up as well as all the bad things as well because I bet there's sometimes when you're like god like this sucks um and I wish I knew what the second thing was that I was going to say <laughs> about being nervous yeah don't be nervous you're fine we all we all even me and Sam still get a bit nervous but um before before you know it it's like you're chatting like you've known each other for years it's one of those really weird things yeah it's I, so many things kind of I'm thinking about this before coming on and you know driving in the car at home I'm like oh I, I want to talk about that I want to talk about that she'll <laughs> make some notes and then I thought you know what no so I'm bound to it, it'll be one of those I'll wake up again in another two hours going I should have said that I should have said that um, <laughs> I'll email you. You can, yeah, <laughs> add it on. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so, obviously, you said that you are uh, a member of the DPC. Uh, can you tell us how you are affiliated? Like, tell us your story. My story, it's, it's again, weird. I, I think back about my memories of what happened, and it's more exactly what you said. It's like telling a story now. It's... Um, mm you kind of remember this script almost that you tell anybody that asks ever since then. So, um, and kind of your mind changes, I think over the years as well. Um, and something else really interesting. I remember listening when I started listening to these, I think the, the first one in the second one in, and I'm sat there thinking it's like top trumps. <laughs> and then lo and behold, five minutes later, <laughs> yeah. I heard you and I'm nodding. Yeah. I'm going, yeah, it is because you're right. Everybody, everybody in the club, I guess has got a story to tell, but you kind of, um, I don't know, you kind of listen to other people's stories and you want to kind of make out, you know, theirs is a lot worse. Um, <laughs> and you go around, uh, you can kind of go around going, well, mine was okay because of this. Yours was far worse because of this. No, but yours was worse because of this. And yeah, <laughs> you're right, it is. You should see, you know what? You should bring out a top trumps game of the DPC. That would be uh, <laughs> quite interesting, you know. And, and another thing as well is the kind of the morbid sense of humour about things is you, you, you will just say things um as they are yeah which to some mm -hmm. people might seem very blunt and you just very much of the facts uh, on things but it's again one of your early episodes I'm kind of listening to these things and then I think somebody mentioned about losing two parents and I think one of you made a joke and I was like oh, that's a bit you know card. yeah that was yeah. Uh, that, that, that was a bit close to the bone that because somebody said something and like because I haven't experienced that um you know very fortunate my mum is still around um but yeah losing two parents and, and make a joke about that oh, that's a bit too far so um I I was 12 I was 12 I still kind of remember the day um very well in fact maybe I should build up to it as well so let's start back on uh, 13th of December uh, 1991 oh. yeah and I remember I don't really remember anything else about the time other than suddenly you know your your, your internal record 
um, starts going. And I remember, I remember being in the house and um, in the lounge, um, and an ambulance had come um, to get my dad. He got really bad pains in his stomach, something like that. Um, so again, you kind of have these memories, and I remember him kind of being carried out. I think in like a you know, like one of those stretcher chairs um, into this ambulance. And he had his a green dressing gown on, um, you know, things like that that you, you never forget and went into hospital. And, you know, we had no idea what was what was going on, what was wrong. Um, and then again, I think kind of from there and for the next few days, and obviously it's coming up to Christmas, um, thinking, uh, well, not really knowing what was going on. I think they thought he had a, a, an ulcer in his stomach. Um, again, uh, trying to recall this. Um, so yeah, leading up to Christmas, they thought he had an ulcer in his stomach. Didn't really know what else was going on. Um, and I remember he came home for Christmas. Um, I don't really remember that much more about Christmas. Um, but he went back into hospital, I think, in the new year. And then fifth of January, uh, nineteen ninety. Hang on, we're on 93, sorry. I mean, it was December 92. I don't know if you need me to redo any of those bits. Um, so uh, January, 5th of January, 1993. Um, and it was the first day back at school. Um, so I remember, I remember that. I remember being in school. And I remember probably just after lunchtime, uh, one of the teachers, we were all out in the playground. It was the break. And I remember one of the teachers coming out into the playground and kind of shouting my name. Um, and after a while, it kind of registers uh, that he was shouting me. Mm. Um, so I, I remember him coming over to me and us walking back into the school, but him not really saying what was going on. And I remember just people are looking at me and I'm walking across the playground with this teacher, you know, kind of smiling because I have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't really mm-hmm. say anything to me. And we walked into the headmaster's office and in there, I remember seeing our family doctor. And I remember he was in a blue cagoule. <laughs> you know, these certain things stick in your mind and you'll never yeah. forget. And yeah. I remember him kind of just, um, I don't know if he put his arm around me or just kind of, you know, pulled me into him. And pretty much just the, the words were, um, your daddy's dead. Or, you, no, yeah. sorry, that is a bit blunt. Your daddy died this morning. And you just like, what? how do you comprehend that um so you know I just I was burst out crying um I don't really remember much else I remember I think it wasn't the head it was the deputy head was kind of in there and he just had his head down kind of doing some paperwork didn't say anything it was just you know how how awkward for everybody and then so we kind of left there and my next door neighbor had come to pick me up they'd obviously already been to my brother so I remember seeing him sat in the car um and and then kind of we went home and it was it was weird it was kind of like for a 12 year old then being told that but it was almost like I've been processed now I'm in the car we're going home It, it was yeah very surreal so then I remember us getting home I remember my mum standing in the um, the front door um, as we kind of pulled up, and you know I saw my mum like I'd never seen her before. She'd obviously been very upset and um, big baggy eyes. <laughs> she won't thank me for oh. saying, um, but something you know never seen my mum like that before. And then something really strange as we kind of went in, she said something like, "Do you know what's happened?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, I've been told." Um, <laughs> 
and then that was, that was it really from there it's kind of a bit of a, a whirlwind I don't really remember a lot else about that until um the funeral the following week and and kind of from there um so yeah that's in a way my story so oh you want to know what happened <laughs> <laughs> there we go it was the um the the sense of humor yeah you get to the good bit so um so again to get to the death we, I, can, I can hear your popcorn in the background <laughs> so <laughs> oh it's one o'clock in the morning i couldn't think of anything worse than eating popcorn at the time um <laughs> Oh, I'd love to eat some popcorn at one o'clock in the morning. I've got, you know, I've got a can of Coke. It's probably not the best thing to be drinking at one o'clock in the morning. I won't be doing that to sleep. (laughs) So, yeah, get to the good bit. Um, So, what happened? So, yeah, we still not really got a clue on on what had happened. And I think, obviously, they'd have to do a a post-mortem. And it came back, he, he had cancer. And we were totally oblivious to this. We didn't know. Yeah. So again, you kind of you've got that discussion about people that do know well in advance and get time to um, mm. prepare versus you know having a very sudden death that you you don't mm. have time to prepare. Would you want to know? Would you not? I don't know. But um, I think apparently so that morning uh, again. He, so he'd been back in hospital, um, and something had happened, and they took him um, for a scan. And uh, I think he died in the scanner. He had afterwards, they found, I think there was kind of like these four nodules or something, these cancerous growths um, around his body. And one was in his brain. Yeah. And one was in his brain. And I believe he actually had a brain hemorrhage, which is probably what killed him rather than cancer, if that makes makes sense. Yeah. Um, Wow. And there you go. You kind of find all this out afterwards. And uh, yeah. Happy Happy Christmas! <laughs> oh yeah, that was brutal. It was a rubbish present. Yeah. <laughs> we um, Merry Christmas. We had we had somebody on the other week actually because her mum died when she was eleven. Um, oh, I, thought, like, I thought I was going to win an award. I thought I was going to be the Put that on oh, your top. Oh, she's got you on the top drums. Drums, uh. oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to pull pull a different card out, aren't I? <laughs> so. <laughs> So she was there when her mum died, but her siblings weren't. And I was saying, right. like, as a, as a child, I think it must be quite difficult not having that certainty that that person is dead because you just don't see them again. Do you know what I mean? Like, you left home that morning and just didn't yeah. see them again. I find that well, mad. <laughs> I, I did. Um, I did afterwards before the funeral. And again... You know, as a twelve-year-old, you suddenly thrust into a different life that you're mm. you're not ready for, um, and you have to grow up very quickly. Um, and I remember being given the option: did I want to see him? Um, and I did. And that again, mm. you know, for a a twelve-year-old is a surreal experience, and I'm oh. glad I did. I have no no regrets about that. I think if I hadn't, um, I, I I would have regretted it. At least at least if you do go and see it and it's not the right thing to do, you can kind of fix it afterwards and get some yeah, yeah. therapy or something. But um <laughs> so no, I'm I'm kinda of glad I did. But again, just a very surreal experience. I mean you're twelve, you in the middle of your, your childhood, you're used to just, you know, not having a care in the world. There's no responsibility. Everything's just fun. 
and then you kind of see that and it suddenly becomes very real and then you've got years ahead to kind of to deal with it or or maybe to not deal with it very well um and that's that's where the story goes how old were your siblings tom so i've got an older brother um so he's two and a half years older than me so i was getting all confused on my dates wasn't i earlier so it was um so it was december 2012 so when it happened january I'm getting, it's not 2012, that was like, no, no, I was like, I was like, forget that bit, cut that bit. So <laughs> it was January uh, 1993, so um, my I've got an older brother who's two and a half years older than me, so he'd have been uh, 15? 15, yeah. 15, I think, yeah, 15, and I was 12 coming up to, um, coming up to 13. So do you think that he kind of took on the role of like man in the house or you know what I don't I don't remember I don't remember um it being like that it's it's kind of it, it's hard to think after that is I I very much can remember about me um and how I felt after that um but not anybody yeah. else it's you know as I say that the memories get a bit sketchy anyway it, it's it's I, the memories are sketchy it was a long time ago but I, I can yeah. kind of remember how it was for me and remember the years that followed but no I, I you know I don't really remember us as how we we functioned as a family after that I think certain things maybe you kind of block out or um mm. you don't remember as much um I'm, you know yeah. as a 12 year old you've only got so much you can you can process yeah exactly I find it really interesting how you said um you know it's just like a story like a script that you tell because actually when we spoke to um it was Kaylee who we spoke to um who had lost a mum when she was 11 and um Kat had asked her oh do you just feel like you're almost like telling a story about someone else now like it happened to somebody else like not you um and she was like yeah she was like no one's described it like that but yeah so for you off the bat to kind of be like yeah, it just feels like a story that I'm telling. I mean, does it feel like it happened to you or that it happened to somebody else? It, it's 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 strange because I think the longer things go on, it is like a story. Um, things that are more recent, you can still kind of, you can feel your emotion when you tell a story and you know, mm-hmm. it kind of, um, you feel different emotions. But this exactly is is a story and it feels like the emotion's kind of gone from it. I think having to deal with it or having so much fallout from it, um, it is just like a story. It's like it, it wasn't me because when it happened as well and the years that followed, it's it's kind of like, why why me? I'm, I'm a, the special one here that it's happened to. It's not happened to anybody else. And it it's, it's yeah. surreal. It kind of makes you feel... Um, you know, it, it is exactly like why me? Why has this happened to me? This doesn't happen in life, um, but it has happened to me, and here we go. But why me out of everybody, everybody in the class, or or, or whatever? Yeah. Can Can you remember like how it affected you then going through the rest of like secondary school, or the rest of high school? Yeah. Um, so. So I'm from Staffordshire, and we have a, a funny, unique school system, I guess, that other people don't have. Yeah, but you have, have ha- you, 
three you schools. You guys have high schools, right? We, yeah, so and we middle well, school. that's it, middle school. And that's kind of, you know, the first two years of middle school, last two years, a split and aligned to everybody else's primary school and high school. So um, you've got years five, six, seven and eight. Um, and I think mm-hmm. seven and eight are kind of aligned to a high school elsewhere. Is that right? Um, so I was in year, uh, I don't know, I think it was year seven or might have been year eight. Um, so still a few years away from doing exams, but uh, still at school having fun with my mates. And again, it's it's weird. It's kind of like maybe you get a special treatment, but without knowing it. Um, it's it's hard to describe but again it's kind of like it's very real for you um and other people around you are mindful you've got that first day of going back to school um and and the teachers as well but it's how I remember being in a a French uh lesson not long after that and you know your teacher asks you questions in French and you reply and she said something about uh, my dad kind of in the present like you know what's your mum's name or something and Mm. what's your dad's name or something like that and I just remember replying in French my dad is dead and the teacher kind of stopping as if to go oh yeah I've (laughs) I've made a mistake there um you know I do know what that makes a sorry that makes a very good point though they should definitely start adding that, that kind of those kind of sentences into the curriculum because I did German for a very long time but probably could never could but I could not say right now my dad is dead yeah um and I, I think it wasn't intentional she she'd she'd said it by mistake the question and then kind of mm. suddenly realized what she'd said and what had happened and then I remember kind of I, I stood up to, we were at the front of the class, like not doing it in front of the whole class. And I stood up to kind of leave. And I remember her putting her arm out as if to stop me and kind of apologise that, you know, why she shouldn't have asked that. Yeah. And then she suddenly remembered. But, um, and again, funny things you remember. Mm. I was on like a, a trip to France um, the following year or something. You go and stay with a, a French family. It wasn't quite an exchange because we didn't have anybody back. It, it was an ex- mm. <laughs> exchange without uh, having... Um, without exchanging um and I remember talking <laughs> to the the family there and them asking about my family and again in French I always remember saying you know my dad is dead but using the word more which and then kind of repeat like correcting me for a better word to say than I think it was very blunt like you know in French my dad is dead and them saying your dad is deceased um and so um, I learned a new <laughs> a new phrase there but it's um yeah Wow, there you go. I've not really, I can't remember the last time of telling this story. Um, oh, yeah. But it is a story. There you go. I wonder, I wonder that. So as you've, um, I mean, I have other questions, but this is just fits right in nice to hear. Like, as you've gotten older, do you find, like, I mean, when was the last time, can you remember that you sat down and record this? Do you sit and record it often or is it kind of just, something that you just almost barely think about that um barely think about it which you know you kind of feel bad and guilty for saying but equally I think you kind of learn a lot in life um and you go off down this weird path with your weird (laughs) weird thoughts and analyzing everything um and I'm not sure 
you know, I, I can talk about my teenage years and everything else that happened from there. And you kind of like, was it directly attributed or was it just part of growing up? And kind of that's where, again, you, you want to sweep it aside and you don't want sympathy or you don't want everybody else, anything, anybody to you know feel bad for you or anything. But your life stems from events and they've got to influence, um, they've got to influence what's, uh, what happens to you in your life what was the question I've totally forgotten the question what did you just ask me I mean you answered it kind of it was just do you find yourself like <sighs> when was last yes. time you were here and like do you do it often so uh, n- no um no not really again it's it's that it was a story it happened to me uh a long time ago um and kind of you do think you do think about it but Equally, I feel bad because a lot of my memories of it are fading. Um, my yeah. memories were up until 12 years old. Um, and you know what? What do you do as up to being 12 years old? You don't exactly, you, you know what? You're a child, you're having fun, things are happening. But I think your teenage years suddenly start getting a lot harder when uh, you've got hormones coming into play and exams mm. and uh, a lot of life decisions, I think. Um, it's more the ensuing years, uh, I think, and and how they progressed uh, as a result of this. Um, but that that was just that that was the norm then. This is my norm. I've got one parent, um, and that's the way it goes. Uh, I do think. You ever, sorry, do you ever, or have you ever been worried about, like? forgetting what your dad was like or just kind of like like not remembering like stuff like the sound of his voice or how he looked or yeah so again this you have this for me this weird thing where suddenly people do things that are very symbolic um and people might feel bad for things because it sounds bad or because society teaches them that it's bad. So on the one aspect, I think more earlier on, you're like, I do feel guilty because I might say, no, I don't think about it that much anymore or I'm struggling to remember. But then there's that other side that goes, well, why do you feel bad? It's, it was a long time ago. You know, mm. Can you remember what you had to eat on a certain date in a certain year? And I know <laughs> yeah. this is you know, a very different to if you had cornflakes or rice krispies <laughs> on a certain morning but it, it, it was a long time ago and you, your brain can only process so much and so much has happened since then so um I think my, now my point is it's yeah people get very kind of symbolic about things and and you just for me learned to to deal with things differently and not feel guilty about things um did um yeah. did having did having your own kids kind of remind you of your dad at first so yeah that's it it has very much um brought it all all back because so I'm thinking back mine (laughs) and as you can tell I'm struggling already with dates this morning my brain isn't functioning that well but so where were we 92 my mum would have been uh 39 that was it so she wasn't um she was uh, she was coming up for her fortieth birthday two months mm-hmm. later, and I'm thirty eight now, um, and I've got a little boy, so I'm married and I have a little boy who's three years old, and and that's the thing as well now is 
when you're when you when you're a child and you think about your parents and at the age that they are and your grandparents and that seems way off and then suddenly now I'm getting to that age I think how I am with my little boy um I, I start to relate back to I can't think back to when I was three but um suddenly you know if I think my mum was my age and I was six mm. or whatever you start to think back to events then and think oh, that's that's weird because I can start to remember now when moments when my parents were my age and that's when it life suddenly seems very um very strange as well you kind of get this reminder that life's going on uh and you're getting old and kind of those years that you always felt were far away aren't far away anymore because my mum now is is the 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 grandma um and I think back to how I always thought of my grandparents when I was young so it's um so having yeah having a little boy now it's I do become very conscious of things um and equally how I felt as a, a child growing up after that is I don't want anybody to have to experience that and yeah the, the sad fact is you know people are people will always be facing these situations and there's not a lot you can do but um I think after that and, and years that followed is you know you, you, you might have been in some pretty dark places uh at times and and you don't mm-hmm. wish that upon anybody um and I think my outlook on things has changed as well and I'm that person now that always thinks about other people and hate to see anybody sad, hate to see anybody mm. unhappy and just never want anybody to, um, to kind of, to, to be in, in a bad place or yeah. feel sad. But, you know, the other side of it is it's, it's the way of the world and you become quite matter of fact about things. You can't, you can't change, you can't yeah. change things. What did those, like, what did those like dark places look like for you? Like, was that when you were a teenager? So, yeah, um, yeah. I think the older that you get, and and I think it's it became a bit of a theme <laughs> listening to to you two and and guests and things. But you get a bit older, and you start to discover the pub, and you start mm. to discover alcohol, mm. and that is just not a good mix. Um, if you're if you're not in a good place, uh, and yeah, I was pain in the arse <laughs> I think yeah. towards those late later teenage years when I discovered those things I wasn't I wasn't a, I wasn't a good person um because you're trying to deal with everything and process everything um and maybe you have maybe you, you haven't um and there's everything still going on and then you throw uh you throw a, a depressant into the mix you're getting some yeah. some horrible horrible um yeah, yeah some horrible situations This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. So were you, when you, when you say you were obviously like dealing with it, were you like consciously dealing with it? Were you like, okay, now I know that I need like, I'm, I know that I haven't dealt with this yet or I know I still have more to kind of work through in terms of my own grief <clears throat> See, or was it just a subconscious thing? See, again, that's that's um, that's the thing as well. I think when I talk about this symbolic thing and people say words like dealing with it and have you dealt with it and um, you know, if it's counselling or whatever else, I find that quite strange as well and I find that as one of these symbolic behaviours in terms of, how do you deal with it or what is there to deal with it's it's suddenly part of your life and you have to get on nothing stops so you have to get on with it every day but there's kind of no end point to say yeah I've dealt with that um I'll move on because I don't think it's it's a case of that um and that was one thing I did think about that I wanted to talk about here as well I think so counseling I think is is an interesting point and I can only go from my experiences as well. But um, I think later through my teenage years, you know, I'm, I'm being a, a pain in the arse, <laughs> um, trying mm-hmm. to deal with it in my own way. And it's kind of like, well, what help, help is there out there? And I think throughout, um, so in my teenage years, seeing a counsellor then to try and deal with this grief or just trying to make sense of life. And then times through my 20s and, and even my 30s as well, whether that's directly attributed to the event or just ongoing kind of life struggle since. But I find the counselling thing is, has been a strange one because I've seen numerous people um, and it's it's understanding what you're, what you're dealing with um, and speaking to somebody that doesn't know you or doesn't have all the yeah. answers because nobody does. Yeah, you go to you go for counselling, and it's <laughs> it, it it's a strange one. I think I think I think counselling can be a good thing. I think there's different kinds of counselling, though. You've kind of got like an ongoing support that you want to talk to somebody about, and it might make you feel better for getting things off your chest. But I think the for, for what I needed was somebody to fix fix everything and make me feel better, and that. I, for me didn't work um no. and I think the, the biggest thing that kind of summed it all up is you're going in to speak to somebody and, and pour your heart out and try and deal and process something and then oh there you go your hour's up I'll see you next week and it's yeah. kind of like that doesn't work how how mm. can you <laughs> how can you set a time on this and tell me I'll see you next week I, I need yeah. you don't go to a hairdresser's and they say after an hour oh, there you go, come back next week and I'll finish finish or do some more. You kind of go yeah. in yeah. to get your hair, yeah. hair cut. And it's, so it's been a strange one, and I'm not knocking it because I think different things work for different people. Um, and, again, it depends what purpose you go in for, if it's just kind of an ongoing um, check check up on yourself and, and keep things in check, or you're looking for, yeah. an, looking for answers from somebody that, I've, do they have the answers? I don't know. I've been to see a few counsellors in the time. And to be fair, I think... The most useful one I saw was um, a CBT counsellor, so cognitive behavioural therapy yeah. one at uni, um, and he would just give me like little, he'd give me workbooks to work through and just like tips and like things I can incorporate into my day to day life to make myself feel better mm-hmm. and stuff that I still do now. So 
it's stuff like journaling at night like I I find that so useful to sit at night before I go to bed and write down all my thoughts for the day and stuff and how I felt and um yeah so it's little things like that I think a t- CBT counsellor is definitely the best one for me because I, I completely know what you mean when you go into the counsellors that you just sit and pour your heart out to them it's it can be a bit like well what what's the actual what are they going to give me now yeah. after I've just after I've just pulled my heart out to them yeah give me mm-hmm. give me a fix give me something that will make it all better I mean again yeah, yeah. that was back to the the part um the the point in coming to do this and like I say toying with the idea because it's 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 dead parent but I think there's a lot that follows from there and like you say if you're seeing um a counsellor are you are you seeing them to deal directly with the events or is it because of ongoing issues since there I mean I I I developed um kind of strong anxiety um through probably the later half of my 20s and and most of my 30s and again you kind of go is that just a life thing can I tie that back to what happened does it actually matter (laughs) but that's you know that's where where I've gone from since so again thinking about coming on and speaking about this is probably more relevant about the the struggles that followed that um Mm. Um, and say, do you attribute that to to the event, to the to the dead parent, or have we got another another podcast title for a separate one? <laughs> yeah. Can you remember what it was? Did you say you're married? I am. Yes. Can you remember what it was like when you met your wife? Um, and like, did I say, like, did you feel the like when? when did you tell her that you that your dad had died and like do you remember that being something that you worried about or was it it just kind of like you know it was just part and parcel of of your life by then because it would already been so long yeah so yeah you you might have another another guest on your show um when I met my uh now wife um so I met her and her dad was poorly when when we met um and he, uh, yeah, he was, he he wasn't one, and he died a few months after we started going out, and 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 they knew oh, that sure. was coming. So yeah, it was kind of, you know, something um, that was that was already there, and I knew about. So I can't remember how it how it kind of cropped into conversation, or whether somebody had already yeah. told her. Um, you know, as we were meeting or leading up to us meeting. So, um, but yeah, so it was all very, very real again then, but obviously for her um, and not me. So um, we met in the, I think we went out, I should be remembering this, shouldn't I? We went out for the, we went out on our first date, if you like, I think in August and got together um, and her her dad died towards the end of September. So it wasn't long after we kind of got together. So, um, as I say, I knew, I knew that in meeting her. Um, so it was a strange time for us to meet as well. Um, yeah. And yeah. kind of, you know, it's it, she was a different age to I was, but kind of a, a bit mindful of that. And yeah. I think that's kind of a, a, a lesson for people that have been through it. How you, how you act and how you react to other people um, versus people that have never experienced the death of a parent maybe and and maybe never experienced death at all and 
to them, the worst thing to happen is in their life is very different to what you've got. And, and I don't know, you do, I think you do behave differently around people who are a bit mindful of it. One thing as well I always remember is um, people that haven't experienced it, and probably more so when you're a bit younger, but they'll ask about your parents. Um, yeah. Whereas I'm very mindful of that or was very mindful of that since it happened to me and would never pose a question that kind of implied your parents are still alive. You kind of say, you know, who do you live with at your home? Uh, or who yeah who do you live with at home your mum or your dad or things you know things like that that aren't going to get the response to go well actually yeah I get that as well because often um I will like ask people oh but I I mean I think I'm sometimes a bit too blunt because I'd be like oh are your parents still alive and then I'll ask them what they do yeah yeah but you kind of you check first and don't just make an assumption and I think the older that you get it's less relevant because um, it does start to happen to people um, more, obviously, yeah. parents get older. But yeah, I so I'd always phrase a question in a way that wasn't going to get the response or take somebody back to actually go, well, you know, my mum's dead or my dad's dead or even not even the death. They, they might have separated or whatever else. And it's still um, quite <laughs> inconvenient for them, <laughs> let's say. Yeah. Did you find then that you... I mean, so you said you you knew that her dad was ill. Did you know her dad was ill by before you like started dating, or and then did you have did you kind of I don't know? Did she think find it a comfort that you also that your dad had died, or because I mean this is funny because me and Kat always say <laughs> that we <laughs> that we are like always more attracted to people that have dead parents because. Like you can, I don't know if it's because like you're like, well, you've you've been there, like you, you've ex- yeah, you understand and you've experienced the same thing that I have. Um, and also, I think people are always more mature when you know, some kind of trauma happens to them yeah. as well. Um, I mean, was that anything that you thought of at the time, or was it just kind of a? I I don't know. Um, I don't know. And maybe maybe you might get a chance to ask her on on another one. I think. I mean, my, uh, my wife's very independent, um, and so I think I knew I knew that her, her dad wasn't very well as we were just before we got together because um, I was making inquiries <laughs> to her friends, um, <laughs> you know, to see what 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 the deal was, and you know, mm. thank, thankfully she was single. Um, but I remember one of her friends telling me um, that, yeah, dad wasn't very well. And it was kind of like, is this is this going to work? Is this not really a good time to start anything like this? But but we did. And um, I just, all I could do was try and be the best best person I could around her to, to kind of be there and help. I, I think that hearing that news would have put a lot of people off pursuing anything. I reckon mm. the fact that the fact that you had direct experience probably made it less a lot less of an issue for you than it would for a lot of people because that scares a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think so and and for somebody that hasn't experienced it maybe you're fearful of somebody else seeing you at your worst or or whatever yeah. else and I think you know for me having gone through that a lot of things go out the window um for me and everything that followed i think 
I, you just think it's just what it is. Um, there's no kind of shame or uh, people have seen yeah. you at your worst after that. People have seen you in tears and just yeah. inconsolable. You've kind of bared your soul. There's nothing else to give. And I think um, something like that to me and, and everybody I, count, I encounter in, in daily life, people, some people are very conscious about themselves and, and kind of letting that, um, that, that guard down or, or whatever else. And I've kind of come from the other side that it's fine. You know, it's okay to, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset. It's okay for people to see you in a state that you wouldn't want them to see you because it happens to us all. We all, um, at some point we deal with things privately, but that's the common thing is we all do it. So, um, but I think my, my attitude towards just people in general and, and everything has evolved over the last um, 10, 20 years that I, I look at other people now. And as I said earlier, I think I never want, you don't want people to feel as bad as you ever have or as sad or go through the bad times. And for me now, it's made me quite a people person is I'll kind of make it my, my business to be involved with people um whether they like it or not, that sounds a bit wrong, but I think it's kind of, I will impose, yeah, impo- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for that. I say, sorry, I say, I say, I say, yeah, like that, because I think me and Catherine are also based yeah. there. Right. I thought you were, I thought you were like, yeah, that does sound a bit wrong. No, I, um, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom, that's a bit creepy. I, um, but no, I kind of <laughs> will Im- impose myself more on people if I think I've got something to help and they don't know it. Um, but just being around people because, <clears throat> nobody has the answers um and i'm uh, i'm probably going to ruin a later question so maybe i'll steer clear but you nobody has the answers uh but you can only just be there for people and try and help you, you can't fix everything and back to kind of like the counseling sessions yeah they can you can have oh and i think that's uh, again coming back to earlier points i think with a like a counselor it's somebody that's um independent somebody that doesn't know you and somebody you might feel better about opening up in front of um because they don't know you and, and you're not going to see them again whereas i think friends and people around you can play that part as well uh, but they can be ongoing and they don't have an hour time limit um good friends are there yeah. for hour, however long you need um so yeah yeah. yeah, all of that. Your friends don't have a time limit. Imagine that after an hour, right, Kat? So uh, that's your hour gone. So I'm really <laughs> and that's I might start doing that. <laughs> yeah, your time's up. Stop tapping your watch. Your time's up. Oh, or just put your hand out for some money. I mean, that's the thing as well. It's uh, don't get me started on that. But the the services that are available. Oh, services that are available to people. It's kind of like. Um, yeah, we can schedule an appointment for five weeks' time. Is that all right? And you're like, not really. Yeah. I need something now. In in five weeks, everything yeah. will be very you different. Know what? This... And if you do need it now, at you the have minute to as well, it's... yeah. And it's so bad as well at the moment. I have a friend that um, was um, trying to get some counselling, um, and it was like honestly like a year. So they were like right well in your car like sorry but you, it's going to be towards the end of the year but then there was also then that, that was by the nhs but even if they went private <coughs> they were like oh it's going to be till april yeah like wow like but i mean 
I know that's a whole other issue, but even even days make a difference over weeks. I mean, so again, yeah. um, NHS appointments. Um, I I mean, I was lucky. I've seen people counselling sessions on and off um, through my twenties and thirties, and, and like you say, there's some that you have to wait a long time to go and see and then you start you've already got an idea in your head about how it's all going to go because you've been made to wait um and it doesn't work like that you need somebody pretty much immediately um Mm. and then I was fortunate I think just ongoing um I was lucky enough as well that um was kind of I don't know about you two but you go through cycles of emotions and how you're feeling and you know, you can go six months or six weeks or whatever, fine, but then things build up. And uh, as I say, anxiety has been a really big thing for me. And that's a horrible thing to deal with. Like if you have, I remember, you know, the first panic attack or, and then occasions that kind of bring that on um, and ongoing sessions to kind of deal with that or try and make sense of it. Um, and I was quite lucky that I was able to go private Um a number of years ago and actually went to the Priory which was interesting because I always associated the Priory with kind of you know addictions and things like that it's where the celebs go when they're um, addicted to substances and it was not for that at all somebody said yeah. you know there's the you, you can go to the you can get referred and go to the Priory to, to talk to you about oh. just uh, you know anxiety stress um whatever that wasn't related to what I thought it was and that's I was lucky enough that I I went there and very quickly but I'd say we talk about weeks maybe with the NHS but even days are important because I was off work for a little while I just kind of got to one point where I broke and I just couldn't get out of bed um and so even just I, I was lucky because they could see me quite soon but even just a few days away seemed like a long time when you're like I just want something now I want to see somebody now I need to see somebody now. Um, and then, yeah, later later ones I've paid myself just so I can get seen um, with anxiety to get seen quicker. And you, you're handing over money and that's where it kind of, yeah. it, it takes it everything away from it. It feels suddenly like a transaction. It's like, there you go, your time's up. Oh, and by the way, I need some money. It's like, yeah, Ugh. I, I don't, yeah, I mixed feelings on that. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Do you think it it shapes your like your twenties and stuff, and even like the way that you kind of have gone about life? You know, has it affected any way that you've thought about your career um, or any big decisions in your life? I th- I think so. Again, it's hard to do. You, what can you attribute back to um, the event? Um, mm. And like I said, I think. I think you can something if something significant happens to you when well at any age then the years that follow are going to be shaped by that um and say that was the the hard part about coming on here was kind of toying with that is it relevant is it not because it's not as fresh is it just part of growing up um and going through your your teenage years and your 20s and just struggles that everybody goes through or would you uh, attribute it to that and I think you know, I'm I'm quite ambitious in what I do. I think things that I've learned is just not to take things so seriously. Um, because again, 
I think back to times where friends were going to uni and coming out and there's that pressure about going to uni and pressure about coming coming out of there and getting a good job and making your parents proud and everything else and I think for me it's kind of it gives you that perspective on without using the horrible cliche that life is short I mean and no, once read no. that and that life isn't short life's the longest thing you're ever going to do um but <laughs> but it but it is it's kind of like you never know what's going to happen um so just go out and have fun and and make it fun don't take things so seriously and again you see people that haven't really had anything to go through um make such a big deal out of the most trivial things and you're like you know if that's the worst mm. thing that's going to happen to you this year then or, or in your life to, to now, then, you know, feel lucky about it. Um, so I think there's that aspect. And certainly from a, a people point of view, I just, I want to help people. Um, I, yeah. I want to help people. I want to be, I, I think there's people out there qualified that you can go and see that don't necessarily have all the answers or, or don't have that connection that your friends do or certain people do. And I think, I don't know about you two as well. I think it's interesting because people kind of come out of the woodwork that you'd least expect them to be the ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe they've gone through something themselves, um, maybe not losing a parent, but something that's kind of changed their view on things. And you'll find that you just have your friends that you can go out with and have a laugh, but you probably you don't talk to in the same way that mm. you might find people that you didn't expect, but you get a connection with at a different level and, and that you can kind of talk yeah. about things with and that's Absolutely. yeah yeah definitely well as you know tom i'm obviously really good friends with sam um but i've only been friends with sam since kind of like this time last year mm-hmm. um but we're just i think because we've kind of been through similar things and i'm able to talk about it with him so freely we're just really really close yeah in such a yeah. short space of you, end time. Up, you end up just having a different level of relationship with with people with these people that have like shared experiences of like trauma it's like every person that we speak to on the podcast it's like I love it because we're not sat here going oh you know like well what school did you go to what did mum and dad do like what did he do for work like we're having like real conversations and yeah. yeah you just you just connect on a different level yeah yeah <laughs> do you find that Tom, do you find that still in your like in your like thirties and stuff as well? Do you still get, do you still meet people that, and then and then like find out they've been through the same thing, and still feel that <clears throat> that more of a connection? Yeah, definitely. Uh, even now, so yeah, Sam Jones, PT. Let's give him a, a little plug. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just I mean, meeting Sam, I can tell with Sam, he's kind of a different person um breed yeah because of when, when it, what he's gone through you can kind of tell and Sam's I think he seems very similar to me that he's interested in people and he wants to listen mm-hmm. and hear the story and and again I think it, yeah you do you kind of find you have a connection with people um like that people that maybe think some similarly that a word similarly yeah, no, it, to, your, yeah. to yourself um so yeah even you know I'm, I'm at some the end of last year so even as recent as that yeah you're still finding people um out there and mm. in, in, in work or yeah. whatever else you're still finding people that are going through various struggles for whatever reason and I think it's made me 
a bit more perceptive to that because you can kind of see behaviors in people that I'm, I might have had myself. Um, and you can kind of pick up on things like that. I feel that I can um, a lot more than you know, maybe people that are oblivious to things going on. And then you kind of want to get involved or help people and try and say the right yeah. things or just try and get involved enough to give people um, somebody to lean on and, um, yeah. and to help. Yeah, I have um, one more question before we go on to the the final hero question. But do do you ever think about this? Might be a leading question, but do you ever think about the fact that your kids won't meet your dad? Um, again, again, from a this symbolic point of view, I think it's something that you're conscious of that they're not going to like my little boy's not going to meet him um or to that end he's not got any like blood relations that are uh, uh, grandfather grand um granddad but then it's back to this symbolic thing that well he's never known that so it's not for him i'm not taking that away whereas for maybe for a a boy uh to to then lose a grandparent and then they become aware of it and you've taken that thing away does that make sense so for him he'll he'll never he'll have never known that yeah so how he can't miss something that he's never had um and then we go we go full circle because then it's back to me as a 12 year old who did have it taken away Mm. and and it's very apparent that it that it that it has been yeah did your did your mum ever meet anyone else? Yeah, my mum. So um, I say a long time after it was, um, she met somebody probably twelve, thirteen years ago, and they um, have since married. She met somebody who he lost. Uh, he lost his wife um, to I think cancer as well. So that was nice oh, for wow. them to meet. Um. So, so that so that was nice for them. Yeah. Well, again, it's <laughs> not dead parent. You dead. What's that? Yeah. Dead, dead husband. Dead wife. Yeah, the club. Club. yeah. There we go. Widows club. That's a new one for you. Spin off. Um. Yeah. So well, no, it'll be it. It'll be the the dead partner club. Dead parent. Dead partner. Ah, okay. Yeah. I like yes, it. That's nice. Do you know? I think. I think we have. I think we might be on something here. You know, like DPC dating, because. Everyone that we spoke to on this podcast that's in that's married, well, I've always spoke to two people that are married. However, both people a bit are with someone else who is in the DPC. Also, I think it's great for parents to have lost someone to meet someone mm. else that's lost someone. Yeah, maybe we can start this, Catherine. What are you saying? I'd love to. Probably would have been better. <laughs> it's- yeah, I'd love to. Even just even just the selfish reasons, TBH. <laughs> but it it is, isn't it? It's it's finding those people with that have been through a similar experience and can relate to it. Um, and again, back to uh, opening up in front of people and people seeing you at, at your worst, you can maybe relate to a little bit more. Or, or I mean, yeah, it is a spin-off, isn't it? But maybe those feelings of I don't know guilt or whatever else. If you mm-hmm. think I can't meet somebody else, mm-hmm. then you both feel that. I, I don't. 
Yeah. But um, back to your question. So yeah, she met somebody, um, and they since married, and that's you know absolutely fine for me. I think you see people that have got issues with that. Um, for me, it's fine if somebody can make my mum happy. Um, then that's absolutely fine because at the end of the day, she's another person that lives every day, uh, and and deals with her own um thoughts, whatever they may be. So to have somebody as part of your life, I'm you know was never going to stand in the way of that. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that you have to work through yourself and accept. Like, there's, I mean, I know like for me that was definitely like there was never any doubt that I wanted my mum to, you know, like meet like meet someone else and you know be happy like be happy with someone else but like at the same time like obviously as soon as it happens you're just like yeah but she's never gonna like she's never gonna replace him and stuff like that and it's definitely like a, a it was definitely a process that you have to go through to accept and like you say like sometimes it just takes someone being like when we had Kaylee on the other week um she said for her it was she had a teacher at school that had said to her well you know one day you're gonna grow up mm. you know you might meet someone move out be happy you know you, you'd want that same thing for your parent you know exactly and I I can for all of this I can go by my own experiences and it's not right it's not wrong and and people may have very different views and that's absolutely fine I think for me again it's kind of going going through the years and various feelings um of being alone um is I think you know to say that you'd feel sad if if your single parent met somebody else you wouldn't be happy with that but it's kind of like but you're you're not if you're not there 24 7 or you don't have that you never obviously you're never gonna have that same relationship with a parent as a partner would is how can you deny somebody having that if it when it's not you yeah. when it's not you and again whether it's symbolic or it people I think are quite and again this I'm I'm biting my tongue a lot because I know in the past I've been very opinionated by uh, about things and realizing people do have different views I say I, I'm not right but um it's yeah other people have got their own lives to lead and um Again, it's about, you know, you don't want people to be unhappy or be alone because not nice feelings uh, happen when when that's the case. So for mm-hmm. it comes back to that symbolic part. People just think things because that's the way it is without actually really thinking why they would disagree with something or they wouldn't be happy about something. It's about, and that I think comes back to CBT, um, it's, it's about breaking down those thoughts and actually yeah. understanding what's forming them in the in the first place are you just jumping to a, a conclusion or a feeling because that's just it but actually are you thinking about it and I'd say you know it's some people m- might think about that very differently and that's absolutely fine I'm just just going by my own experiences yeah well absolutely and that's but that's that's what we like highlight by this podcast as well I mean you you know from listening to um a few of them that you know, everyone everyone does have yeah. different experiences yeah. and different views. And, and yeah. I think as as kind of you go through, um, you go through the, uh, for me, going through the years through my 20s and into my 30s, is you kind of, you go through different cycles of um, either you being, uh, you know, I've got all the answers I know because I've been through it, I've done it, listen to me, um, and being very kind of cocky and sure of yourself to then, 
maybe being in a place where you, you do kind of shy away a little bit and just you learn to bite your tongue or not say so much because actually everybody is entitled to, to feel how, how they want to feel and think and say it's not right or it's not wrong. So um, don't go forcing your kind of your opinions on, on everybody else. You kind of, for me, have learned to sit back a little bit more and just take on board what people are saying. And even if you disagree with it, it's it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so our final hero question is, what would you say to somebody that has been through similar situations to you or someone that's going through losing a parent currently? Um, that's a good one. That's, that's that, that was the one I didn't want to spoil earlier on. It's 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 a hard one to answer because at the end of the day, and it's it's not the answer maybe people want to hear, but there aren't any answers. I don't think. I think there's things that you can do to help yourself. Um, and I think to listen again, cliches, but kind of listen to your body. Um, and look after yourself because it's easy to get carried away or go down in a, a bit of a whirlwind journey and get caught up on adrenaline through whether it's your job and something exciting happening or or, or whatever. Everything has an end point. And I think that's kind of been quite a theme um, with me in the last 20 odd years or so is that end point. You know, you can get carried away um, and get involved in a project at work or in a relationship or whatever else and it takes it it takes you it's you, you become um consumed by it and and it's great and the adrenaline and, and you don't have to think about anything but everything has that end point and at some point you've got to come crashing back down to uh, to earth again all these cliches you've got to you've got to stop um and that ride doesn't carry on forever and then suddenly you find yourself in a place where you're exhausted um and you don't have the same positive distractions or or anything else, and then suddenly you kind of you you have to deal with what's going on very immediately. Um, so I think that there's, that is just kind of keep keep your feet grounded on on things and don't get carried away and just I don't know just kind of take the time to look after yourself. Don't get involved in yeah. bad habits and bad things. But it's I mean it's easy to say that, but um, people are going to do what they want to do so I think ultimately there's there's no answers I think it's it's realizing what's what's bad for you um so as I say you know alcohol yeah. is a depressant it's like science yeah. <laughs> you might feel temporarily better in the evening or it helps you block away what's going on or you just don't have to deal with things but science tells you that uh, when you start sobering up the next day or hangover kicks in then it's a depressant and it's not going to be a good thing so I think there's that side, um, but no, there's no magic answer. You just have to uh, survive and, and get through it. Um, yeah. That doesn't sound very positive, does it? It's not no, like, you know, no, anybody no, listening no. to that is like, okay, it doesn't help. <laughs> no, it does. It's it's really useful information because it's, it's true, you know. It's all very true. If you can, it, yeah, you, you find something that works for you, and I think for me... That's it. Yeah, you. It's it's having that thing to kind of work towards, look forward to, or something that makes you happy, um, and just trying to get that. And again, it's not that easy, but getting that mindset shifted into the positives, like 
you know, back at the the, the start of this, the, the top trumps and the morbid humour about it all. Um, you know, I think things that where this is very fresh and raw to people, you think I'm I'm never going to feel like that. Um, but it does, and things evolve, and and things do get better, and things do heal. But it's about your outlook on life. And I was used to think this: once you kind of get your head around um, what it is you've got to lose about something, whether it's a, a job that you're not happy with, or a relationship, or whatever else, once you kind of get your head around what you've got to lose, and you process that um, and deal with it, then life becomes a lot more fun because you can kind of work around that you've already dealt with what that fear is um it's quite deep isn't it for like uh no, 2 20 no. in the morning <laughs> no thank you so much yeah, that's really good stuff really relatable yeah um absolutely so i'm i'm very aware that it's you know very late over there for you now so <laughs> um yeah that was that was really good tom is there anything else that you want to say no it's no, it, it's just I hope people have got stories, people have got things they can say, and hopefully, if one person relates to it and it and it helps them, then um, you know, kind of mission accomplished. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there you go. That's my story. Oh, love that. Well, thank Tom. Thank you so much for coming and speaking to us about this especially at this time of night <laughs> it's been good yeah it's been uh it's been good to talk to you both and say i follow follow you both in your uh your your daily uh activities that sounds a bit wrong as well doesn't it i'm not like you know the person, person spying in the bushes i mean like on instagram and see what you're up to and so now um but yeah in some enjoy yeah. enjoy Australian cat might bump into you in the uh, in the gym at some point. Yeah, I can't believe, yeah. I, can't believe I haven't seen you in there yet. Yeah, we um, I do go honestly. I Sam, I do go. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, perfect. Um, I'm going to go back to bed now. I think, guys, for an hour. Thank you so much for listening to this week's DPC podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have and have found some comfort in the stories that you've heard today. If you've resonated with anything we've said, have any questions or want to get involved, please do contact us. We're on Instagram. It's at DPC Podcast. You can email us on dpcpodcast at hotmail.com or we have a contact form on our website www.dpcpodcast.co.uk. We have a whole bunch of resources over on our website. More information about dealing with grief, losing a parent and professionals to contact if you should need it. Because as Kat so eloquently said in our first podcast, we're not providing healthcare, we're just chatting shit. (laughs) If you think this podcast could help someone, then we would love for you to share it. We upload new podcasts every week, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Loads of love from Sam and Kat. See See you next Tuesday. Tuesday. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.